So reflux disease and hiatal hernias are pretty common, but they can cause a lot of discomfort. Welcome to the GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, the latest on GERDs and hiatal hernia surgery. My guest is Dr. Kareem Trad. Dr. Trad is a clinical professor with the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences and vice president for the hospital medical staff. Dr. Trad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's, let's how about a nice little rundown first. What is GERDs, this, what people I think mostly know as reflux disease? What is that? And then tell us a little bit about a hiatal hernia. Very good. So GERD, uh, as you uh, alluded to, is re- referred by most people uh, by, by the word reflux. Uh, in fact, it stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease. Now, GERD is actually a combination of, of conditions. Um, and to just, uh, uh, to, to just uh, think of it as, as a single entity is, is a mistake. That's the first mistake. In fact, uh, heartburn is the most common manifestation, and that's the one that's easily recognized by people and, and treated uh, quite commonly uh, by over-the-counter medications and, and, and things of the sort. Um, the GERD, however, can be a lot more complicated than that. And uh, in some instances, it is actually uh, difficult to, to diagnose. Uh, heartburn and regurgitation are the classic symptoms of, uh, of GERD, you know, regurgitation being not to be confused with, with, uh, with vomiting. Regurgitation is actually just the acid taste in the mouth, usually at night when patients are lying down. Those are the classic symptoms. And then you have what we refer to as the atypical symptoms or laryngopharyngeal reflux. That, that, that's a heavy word, but it, we, we have an acronym for it. It's LPR or silent reflux. And, and patients present with a lot of symptoms that are sometimes not recognized, even by healthcare professionals, and, and really tough to treat. Um, those are, for, for instance, uh, chronic cough, clearing of the throat, globus sensation, which is um, the feeling of, of a foreign body in your, in your throat, like you've swallowed something and it's stuck, um, and dysphagia, which is the difficulty swallowing. Um, Hiatal hernias, on the other hand, are it's an anatomic it's an anatomic defect at the junction between the esophagus and the stomach. So the esophagus is this long tubular organ that's supposed to take the food and the saliva from your mouth into the stomach, and it, it crosses the diaphragm, which is a muscle separating the abdomen from the chest. But at that junction between the esophagus and the stomach, there is a sphincter. There is a, a, uh, a kind of a uh, valve that uh, prevents uh, the acid from going in the other direction, from refluxing, in other words, from the stomach up into the esophagus. A hiatal hernia is nothing but the part of the stomach moving up into the chest. And as a result, uh, this whole mechanism where you have a one-way valve, as I uh, described, is now a two-way street, and there is really no 
uh, no uh, barrier to prevent the acid from going from the stomach into the esophagus. Now, to make things complicated, the hiatal hernia can be present without reflux, and conversely, you can have reflux without a hiatal hernia. But most of the times, they go hand in hand, but not mm, always. I see. So there is there is an, a connection between them that a lot of patients you see do present with both the reflux disease and also the hiatal hernia. So I guess let me ask you this first. Before we get into how we're going to treat this and and, um, talk a little bit about the surgery, when should somebody who suffers from heartburn or some of that regurgitation you mentioned, you know, at night when they're lying down, when should somebody finally say, okay, enough's enough, I should go get this checked out? That's an excellent question. I think that any any patient or any person who find uh, themselves unable to uh, manage this condition by the usual, what we call the lifestyle modification, you know, avoiding eating late and certain food items and, uh, you know, trying to lose weight is one of those, um, you know, strategies. But if you're taking medications and you're popping these pills or, you know, whatever it is, PPIs or Zantac or whatever, you know, even if these things are over the counter and you're, you're finding yourself dependent, then uh, you probably should seek uh, a profession, mm-hmm. professional help because for two reasons. One, you know, you don't have to live in, in this miserable situation. Number two, you could be, uh, you could be negligent in terms of, uh, you know, missing out uh, or, or, or missing on some uh, potential more serious conditions that we can talk about, like Barrett's esophagus, right. which is a pre-malignant uh, condition that is uh, associated in 10% of cases with GERD. So yeah. uh, if you have severe reflux, um, you're, you're better off, um, you know, seeking uh, professional help right. and, and undergoing a, a series of tests to truly identify what exactly is going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, too. So I, I want to just summarize and reiterate for the listening audience here that, that you know, if you are suffering with reflection, you're trying all these different things and nothing seems to work, you're becoming dependent on these pills, it's important to go get checked out because in, in, in some cases, uh, there can be some changes from all that acid in your esophagus. That's called Barrett's esophagus, and that is associated uh, with an increased risk of esophageal cancer. So it's important to, to, to go ahead and follow Dr. Trad's advice here get checked out. Now, when somebody finally comes to you, right, the expert, what, how do you work this up? How are you going to uh, diagnose GERDs? How are you going to rule or rule in or rule out a hiatal hernia? So, um, you know, there are two, two, uh, two types of specialists that are going to take care of uh, GERD. You have the gastroenterologist who will uh, usually treat medically with medications and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, on our side, the, the surgeons, we usually see patients once they've, they've failed that uh, uh, route and, and they're being considered for surgery. But let me emphasize here, and it's extremely important, that you know, surgery is not uh, needed or recommended for, for the great majority of cases. So it, it's really for, for a minority of cases that we would consider uh, surgery. Uh, for instance, uh, patients who, uh, as I mentioned, uh, might have developed uh, pre-malignant uh, changes in, in their esophagus, uh, patients who don't respond to 
the medical uh, treatment, even when optimized and when, you know, the proper doses are given, or when they continue to have this kind of side effect. But to answer your question more more uh, accurately, what are the tests? So there's a whole battery of, of tests that, that can be used. The, the, the first test and the easiest one is to get a barium swallow. If there's any suspicion of, of a hiatal hernia, um, it's a quick test. It's not particularly expensive, and it, it will give a lot of information about the presence of a hiatal hernia, and even reflux can be witnessed uh, on, on, on this test. You stand, uh, the patient stands, swallows uh, some barium. It actually doesn't uh, taste bad, badly as is uh, wrongly purported. And, uh, and uh, they take a bunch of uh, x-rays, takes five or ten minutes, and you're done. You, you know, this will show a hiatal hernia if present, and so you would be closer to, to having a, a diagnosis. But then you have uh, the, the what we call the gold standard is is an endoscopy. It's uh, it's uh, putting a lighted tube through the mouth into the uh, esophagus and the stomach, and that allows the endoscopist to look at the lining of your esophagus, at the lining of your stomach, to uh, to see whether there's a hiatal hernia, whether there's esophagitis. Uh, which is inflammation of the lining of the esophagus, and importantly, if there is Barrett's esophagus. There's no other test that will uh, give you the diagnosis of Barrett, and uh, mm-hmm. which is the pre-malignant condition we've been talking about. Right. So an endoscopy is, is absolutely mandatory for somebody who has that problem. Otherwise, you may be, again, uh, missing a pre-malignant condition um, and... Uh, I want to emphasize that Barrett's doesn't necessarily give you uh, symptoms, so you can't really go by the response to the symptoms. Even if you're responding well to PPI, you uh, you know, but you're requiring them um, on a daily basis, on a long term, uh, you sh- you should uh, undergo an endoscopy. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so just so the audience knows, PPI those are proton pump inhibitors, very common uh, medications prescribed for reflux disease. They just kind of block block acid. Uh, so let's say somebody has had the workup, you know, the GERDs is confirmed, there's a hiatal hernia, they're not responding, there's some of those pre-malignant changes in the esophagus, they come to you uh, and surgery is recommended. What most people are going to want to know at this point, Dr. Trad, is, okay, is this surgery going to work and is it going to provide relief? What do you think? So... It's 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 a very good question. It's it's a crucial question, and uh, I will tell you that in patients in whom the diagnosis has been confirmed, and in well-selected patients, the surgery works very very well. Um, also, it has to be performed, uh, you know, well. It's a functional operation. You know, we're rearranging the anatomy, um, and so it's got you know it has to be done. Um, you know, very accurately, and and usually it is uh, operator dependent. People with with a lot of experience uh, obviously have have better uh, outcomes. But we we you know even with the presentation that you that you just put up, we do additional tests. For for instance, we make sure that the esophagus itself is functioning properly, and this is. We do a test called manometry, which does pressure measurements uh, inside the esophagus because we're looking at the motility. If 
you know, if we're going to go rebuild the valves that we were talking about, uh, if patients have a poor uh, esophageal function, poor motility in the esophagus, they might end up with with uh, another set of problems, with difficulty yeah. swallowing, mm-hmm. for instance. Um, so if patients are well-selected uh, and the operation is uh, well-executed, it is a very, very successful operation that um, I would say in, in uh, upwards of 90%, uh, you know, with the long-term studies, patients uh, have shown uh, satisfaction. And importantly, yeah. uh, more than 80% are able to get completely off their, um, their, their medication. Uh, there, there is some concern now with the proton pump inhibitors um, being, uh, you know, having some side effects, especially if taken uh, very long-term uh, right. side effects such as, you know, osteoporosis. Uh, and uh, there are some reports that it might have some kidney uh, you know, cause chronic kidney failure and, and that sort of thing. So um, it, it gives you the opportunity to um, to the patient, it gives the opportunity to the patient to uh, no longer take uh, the medications in, in the great majority of cases and truly to, to fix the problem at the root, which is to recreate that uh, native valve that has ceased to function and to by rebuilding it. Um, right. the, yeah, would you like, yeah, so the way, the way to, we, we perform the operation is done in a minimally invasive way. It's done, uh, laparoscopically, um, and, uh, through small incisions. Uh, if there's, there is a hiatal hernia, we fix it, meaning we bring the stomach where it belongs inside the abdomen. And then we create, uh, a valve, uh, using the, top part of the stomach uh, to uh, recreate a valve precisely at the same location where that uh, native valve has failed, right. and uh, that uh, then prevents reflux. Right. That's, so this is, uh, Dr. Trez, so at, at the end of the day here, if, if, if patients are selected appropriately and there's good experience with the, with the surgeons like you and at George Washington University Hospital, the outcomes can be quite significant, um, even people getting completely off uh, their medications, which, as you point out, is very, very important. Dr. Trad, I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing, and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. For more information, go to gwdocs.com. That's gwdocs.com. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.